Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Gabbana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. WrestleTalk. Hello and welcome to the WrestleTalk Podcast, NXT Flavoured Edition. I'm El Fakador Laurie Blake and I'm joined by Adam Blompier. Hi, mate. Hi, mate. There's a lot to discuss this week uh, in yes. terms of both NXT and also things that have happened at WrestleTalk. It's uh, oh, golly. The dark days are upon us. Uh, <laughs> the shoulder pads are here, as they say. But we're, first of all, we're going to be discussing uh, Tommaso Ciampa returning to NXT and turning heel again. Here's the show. Let's kick right into talking about Tommaso Ciampa because he came back on this episode. They, they pre-announced it um, saying that Ch- uh, Ciampa would be here this week. Jay Catless comes out uh, ready for a match. I feel like Jay Catless was the perfect choice for this because he, he is the he most like... He wasn't ready. <laughs> he, was the, he was the most fresh-faced, uh, I think, just... Yeah, he's got that kind of like babyface vibe that you, you don't want to see get absolutely destroyed and Champa comes out with this brand new creepy mask that he was wearing his hood was up so we should have known something was happening uh, and he gets in the ring and he, he they sort of have a quick confrontation he pushes Jake back into the corner Jake steps forward gets right into Champa's face and they sort of like touch heads for a second then Champa just goes nut <laughs> and then just kicks the crap out of him on the floor yeah. before hitting willow's bell and it was i was my notes just here just goes oh squashy squash but squashy squash was not enough to reframe uh, champa as the ticked off tomaso champa that's come back because he then beats up atlas taking him to the outside chucking him into the barricade chucking him into the steps the ref comes out and they try and send him away and he runs over and he stomps jake's head and puts him underneath the ring and then slingshots him up into the apron, basically nailing his neck into the bottom of the ring. And then when they come out with a stretcher, pretty quickly, I might add, they come out with a stretcher, stick the old uh, brace on him while Champ is sitting on the apron, uh, 
in his kind of, you know, where he normally pats himself on the back and does his clap post, but he's completely sort of still and motionless. And then they put him on the stretcher and he jumps up at the last moment, grabs Jake and does a, a DDT from hanging off the stretcher. This is Hill Champers back, baby. His 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 vibe matches his music finally. Once again, the two are married. I am evil champer. Uh, he, oh my god, when he when he first came out looking like the Bludgeon Brothers' dad, I was a little bit worried. But God Almighty, oh no! Um, yes, that the Simpsons bit of the kid uh, watching Homer beat up the um, the crusty burglar uh, springs to mind. But geez, tell you what, I love right about this is that yes champa is uh returning so basically he he went away uh and sort of uh, has risen from the ashes but unfortunately he's re-risen as sort of the evil version of himself like angel and buffy he has um lost his soul and gone back <laughs> to being champaless the uh the, are you saying the... he lost his virginity somewhere in there <laughs> yeah yeah okay. yeah i am yeah good that's right. Uh, but no, he's he's gone back to being the worst human being in the world. And what I really like is that they didn't repeat any spots because uh, they could have done, they could have like for ease of like old heel champers back, they could have done the air raid crash like off something through a table, you know, like mm. the Johnny Gargano um, thing. Or they could have, you know, had him, you know, gone into the back or got under the ring and picked up a crutch. Um, but I like, you know, the slingshot under the ring. That's not a spot I've seen before. And then following up with the widow's bell while he's wearing the neck brace, which looks so much more painful. Um, it feels a little bit like a hard reset for Champa because Champa mm -hmm. was quite aimless. Um, and now he is back uh, sort of in the headlines. We're talking about him first. Uh, it, this is this is always the most exciting version of Champa, the psycho killer. Um, and yeah, I'm impressed. I'm, impre I'm impressed they did it without retreading old ground. Yeah, and also like I think the kind of the focusing in on people's necks has a sort of undertone of its own there, and being like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna hang your like hang you up underneath the ring, and I'm gonna break your neck over a stretcher when you've got a neck brace on. This is all very poignant for Champa. He's a man who keeps getting laid out of NXT in the limelight by people. Well, basically getting hurt in matches, but then also I think that it's quite nice to do the, you know, the carrying cross thing has now pushed me into this realm where I'm actually going to take some of my vengeance on people, giving them the same injuries that I've been given through years of hard work here. And I wonder if they're going to play into that with his character, because I think that could be a really interesting thing to do than just, you know, it's a, it's a very different side of Champa that we've not seen before. I just like the idea that like well, while he went away, he was watching NXT and just saw the kind of the Champa leave you and just thought, oh, fireballs, is it, mate? <laughs> Watch this. Dead. <laughs> Dead. <laughs> Breaking necks and just stabbing yeah. people. It's like that is how you cause chaos in NXT. We don't do magic. Uh, yeah, and I, uh, but I, I wonder if this is like a last minute decision, right? I wonder if they were originally intending to bring him back babyface because... You know the the beating that he suffered at the hands of Cross made it seem like a really like a really compelling story would be Cross as the champion, and you build Babyface Champa back up into facing him at Takeover before Mania, and be like, okay, cool, this is this feels like the right ascension for Champa to get back Goldie. He's he's like one of the biggest faces in NXT, and obviously now that Cross, which we'll talk about in a second, has had to relinquish the NXT Championship. There is this void at the top, and they were clearly ready for a big heel champion. They've just made a guy that is going to be that champ, that 
definitely could fill that void. And, you know, most of the plans they probably had with Cross wouldn't necessarily have to change. Like the next challenges could, if they've got a list of baby faces, they wanted to face Cross next. All those guys could go up against Monster Champa, who's breaking people's necks and going too far. Like, I think this was this was really, really compelling stuff. I love this. Um, mm. I love Champa anyway, but I never really... Babyface Champa never really sat right with me. Like, the Champa that gets booed out of the building is the best version of Champa. And, like, truly, he sells the psychopathic... Uh, aspect of his character better than anyone else because he he does it with there's no glee there like Karrion Cross has that wrinkle that, that little twinkle in his eye of like I enjoy causing you pain whereas <laughs> Champ is just like I I am just doing this because I can and I don't even really care about doing it like yeah. everything he does person. I can't <laughs> stop hurting people and it's a problem and it makes me sad and I'm just going to sit here and think about what an awful person I am. Here I am. And here I go again. I, I think if anything, uh, Champa, like if anyone, I think Champa will actually really thrive in without fans mm-hmm. because people really like Champa because he's great at wrestling and people really like dastardly heels. Uh, and that's kind of what turned him face, really. Like he shouldn't like, you know, he shouldn't have turned face. He's a, he's a horrible bastard and he's never done anything virtuous he's just you know everyone else was you know johnny gargano just started being a bit more of a dick than him mm. um but in you know without he was just that, really unlucky with injury basically and that was enough to turn him face it's like oh you real life turned him face he's every all of his work didn't same with cross same with mm. cross you know like that's you know he's gonna come back and the the alignments will have shifted and it'll be face cross versus heel champ just as he uh, you know champ has been around and slowly massacring uh nxt uh but yeah without the fans cheering him on i think uh, yes this this will be fun to watch kind of this version uh of champa especially not having him being uh well hopefully not having him being tethered to johnny gargano as mm. william regal would call him yeah, I, I'm. I'm hopeful. I just hope the uh, the NXT audience can keep it in their heads. The, the you know the the wrestlers they can keep it in their heads. That they're supposed to boo Champa because there was even a bit where Regal was announcing who was going to be in that match, and when he said Champa, everyone went yeah yeah oh boo 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 wait wait, wait hang on everyone's a friend of us <laughs> yeah it's like they're all heels guys get with the program you've got to boo <laughs> all of them you don't want any of them to be in the match yeah. <laughs> Oh, there is the faith in this. It's Cole, isn't it? Cole will be the face in this match. That's uh, yeah, without a doubt. As if it matters in NXT, really. I, I think also like Balor. I would I'd make an argument that Balor's pretty much a face. He's he's like a badass tweener. He's not. He doesn't. He doesn't really do anything. He doesn't cheat particularly. He just is good and backs it up. But he does it in a way that's like I don't care if you get in my way. You make me angry, etc., etc. You think he's ready for the push? The big push. Oh, not the big push. He wants the big push. He's get bring up as much backstage stuff as you want, Finn. It's not getting you anywhere currently, is it? You keep hovering around the NXT championship. Who would you pick for that? We'll, we'll talk about it a bit more in a bit, but who would you pick for that four-way match just off, off the top of your head? Uh up until the champion segment, I would go with Balor. Yeah. Because it's just like, oh, that's the freshest option. Um also, yes, it'd be it'd be cool to see uh, NXT strapped to the back of this slightly more vicious uh finn i guess he's a heel he's not but maybe he is you know, he's just a he's just a you know a sadistic he, he like the way he wrestles is so vicious and it's just like a mm. new side of, uh, of finn balor and that might be an interesting thing to see but nah i want champa please 
Uh, I want to see what happens if, you know, Champ, Champ has seen an opportunity to get Goldie back and it's driven him crazy. And I, I want to see him get Goldie back and rule the roost with, with her again. It. Oh yeah, it, I think it's a her. It's like I think championships are like boats; they're always a her. Selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, how get 20, 20, how get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Do you like wrestling? Do you like improv? Do you like role-playing games? And you'll love No Rolls Barred, presented by the WrestleTalk Podcast Network. Six players come together to create a fictional wrestling promotion, roll dice, and create the kind of insanity that real companies could only dream of creating. Can Tony the Milkman survive the twilight of his career and still find time to care for his wrestling son? Can the Denimatrix overcome the vicious apex and achieve total denimation? Can brothers Golden Joe and Silver Bro coexist this is a tag team before they combust. Find out now with the wrestling show that everyone's talking about. No Rolls Bard is available wherever you get your podcasts and only presented on the WrestleTalk Podcast Network. Um, let's talk. Uh, let's do some quick super chats then. Uh, uh, on the subject of the NXT Championship, Bacon Rasher says, Afternoon for what is a slightly somber day. Glad my super chats have been noted. Hashtag WrestleLuke forever. Thanks again for the continued great content. Who will cross regain his title from? Hashtag JTJ. 
well, yes, as is on the day, Wrestle Luke is a thing. Luke has taken over, taken control of Wrestle Talk clips. You and, hate uh, to see it. You hate to see yeah. your, like, your, your two dads fight like this. Mm. But yeah, uh, who do you think Cross is going to regain his title from, Adam? Uh, Champa, I think. That would kind mm. of. I don't know how long he's going to be gone. Because uh, like William Regal was like, uh, we wish him well on his long uh, recuperation. I don't know how long a separated shoulder puts you out for. My fair, I imagine at least six six months at least. Oh, um, so yeah, yeah, it, it is really heartbreaking because he was at the, he was just at the pinnacle of what has been one of the better runs to a championship that NXT I think have done, uh, and I was so keen to see champion carrying cross like wrecking house in NXT. So yeah, it's it I'm is like, a crying crying shame. I mean, you talk about a separated shoulder, but also a separated friendship. You see the run of uh, of Luco and and Ollie Davis. You know, obviously, like jam that jam won Quizomania, then it won at SummerSlam, and 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 they were tag champs as well. They, they are, can they coexist? They, we we are like the see seeing them their relationship fall apart like this because of you know one man's uh, like let's just say insecurities. Um, it's mm. it is a sad day, and all we can do is sort of watch and you know obviously yeah hashtag justice for for luke i've been saying this for a while people take quizzlemania far too seriously and clearly it's because of you mr dave mr davis was taking it too far yeah i was here i was trying to i was trying to keep things on a level heading i was just saying let's not lose our heads about this it is after all just a quiz uh but no it obviously it means much it means so much to so many people and uh that's that can be a corrupting influence, right? Anyway, Kevin says I like this. Uh, I feel like this is a two save far. I don't know a TEW. That's the online wrestling thing where I just book every big guy NXT into an Iron Man match. I'm so excited for this match. Hashtag We Want Luke. Yeah, if you can't have uh, your big hoss fight of Keith Lee versus Karrion Cross at the top of your card anymore, and you've you know. What who better to put into a, a four-way match than these four previous champions? Like like Adam Cole said in this episode, this is the Mount Rushmore of NXT. Um, I mean, I'd also like to see. Sorry, I'd also like to see the. Re- I'd also <laughs> like to see the regular Mount Rushmore have a sixty-minute Iron Man match. Jake Weeks says oh, uh, prediction. Roosevelt would win that in a yeah. bloody heartbeat. Yeah. <laughs> He used to hunt bears. He's he's a monster. <laughs> Someone actually said about Theodore Roosevelt, uh, it was good that death came for him as he slept. If he was awake, there would have been a fight. Mm. <laughs> you know, he's a, he's a, yes, an, an insane hunter slash um, toughsman. Anyway. Jake Weeks asks what our predictions for the NXT title match are. He says, Champa. I am also leading very heavily towards Champa. Um, yeah. I think they had a story with Karrion Cross that they were going to do, and I think this is a fill that gap with another monster heel. Um, I, and, you know, Champa's taken out of the picture, and I think Champa's resurgence to the NXT title was based on taking it off Cross as a baby face. But this is, I think this is an equally brilliant bit of storytelling if they pull it off. So I'm guessing, it's, I, I think it's going to be Champa, but here's the other way they could do it. They could do... Gargano takes it and Champa goes after Johnny again. Mm-hmm. We've seen that, and I'm pretty sure even NXT. I'm pretty sure they've been banned from doing that as well. Yeah. Like, you know, Triple H literally said one final beat. It's like, if you ever go at each other again, you're out of the company. They so they book themselves and they book them in this match. Um, I Cole's not taking it back so quickly. No, nope. no, sir. So that does leave Balor versus Champa. And I think the idea that Champa 
throughout that 60 minutes feels like Champa is going to get it back. Uh, I really hope they don't do the Shawn Michaels Bret Hart thing and have it go the full 60 minutes and then no one gets the pin and then someone gets one pin right at the end. I don't, no. I mean, I, I, if anyone can make that not boring, it's these four guys. But uh, I get the feeling that if they're not going to do Champa, Balor will take it and that will send Champa even further over the edge. And that's when we get a really, really heated uh, Champa Balor feud. And then maybe you put the belt on Champa. Oh, that is a that's a takeover main event if ever I saw one. Oh, I'd love to see that. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm hoping that this is actually a very hard fought competition in which there's quite a lot of pinfalls. Um, but everyone just keeps even Stevens towards the end. I don't want anyone lagging behind. These are all amazing guys. I don't think you should do any of the dirt. I just think one guy should come out right at the end on top. Yeah. Um, It'll be either sudden death or literally like in the last 30 seconds, someone gets a pin. Yeah, I, I mean, NXT is very good at booking these sorts of matches. So I think they'll be they'll do well. Like, uh, yeah, it hopefully it isn't the uh, two out of three falls. Gargano and Cole, right? And nothing really mattered in the first two falls. It's the last four where all the good stuff happens. This this should be, hopefully, if it's, you know, it's difficult though, because it's like, it's been booked quite quickly. They must be just having meeting after meeting after meeting about this match. Anyway, let's switch through the show because Karrion Cross opened the show coming out with the title, uh, making his uh, first appearance after winning the belt, but he's got his arm in a sling because he separated his shoulder. He says that... Um, on the path, there are obstacles, but for me, the obstacles are the path. God help the obstacles that will be oh. in my path when I come back. Tick-tock, and then Scarlett turns over the hourglass and he leaves the NXT Championship in the middle of the ring. And then Scarlett put her hand on Cross's logo and it burned <laughs> in the background. It's cool. It's cool. I don't know what the symbolism of it is, really, but it's cool. I liked it. Um <laughs> Her LED magics. Yes. Yeah, I like that. I quite like the goofy Me magic too. of this pair. It's, yeah, it's, it's good. Uh, gosh, Carrion can talk, huh? Mm. He's a good talker. Um, like, I think the pairing of Scarlet, I think if you've never met, if you've never seen Killer Cross, um, or the other name of his character that I forget, uh, if you'd never seen him before, you'd have thought, oh, they put him with Scarlet because he can't talk. No, he can yeah, he's got a real, he's got a real gravitas and a real like voice for his character as well. Like it's, you. yeah, he is. He's a, he's a total package. This guy, like, and I'm I am really gutted that he he got injured because it, it, this is one of the best NXT runs that they've had for a, quite a long time, um, especially to the championship. Like this, this is near perfect booking. And it's, it's always, it's always terrible when anyone gets injured just at the peak of their powers, like Tommaso Ciampa, for instance. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what they do with him when he comes back, because I think they are going to push him to the moon, as Cameron Grimes would say. Oh, I'm not going to do it, but yes. To the moon, Cameron Grimes, yeehaw! We can't, well, otherwise we won't get to do it this, this episode because he's <laughs> not in it. Uh, Wade Barrett was also back. He was on commentary. Stu, he's great. Yeah. He's such a safe pair of hands on commentaries. Uh, Do just want to point out that WCPW, I think, was the first person to put Stu Bennett behind the commentary table. The legacy lives on. <laughs> it will never die. <laughs> <laughs> we then got Brizango versus Imperium for the NXT Tag Champs. Uh, Brizango are the serious version of Brizango. They came out, no dancing, no costumes, no silly. Uh, this Different was a dancing. Oh, a little bit, bit of dancing. Of 
Yeah, but that's I think that's actually how Fandango's hips move. I don't I think <laughs> it's rickets and he's in yeah. terrible pain. <laughs> he's, I just he's got <laughs> he's just got the rhythm within him. Uh yeah, it's this was really good. This was a great little match. Um the finish I particularly liked, which was they were they got Breeze up for a European bomb and he popped down, he super kicks Eichner who was holding him up, he super kicks Bartel as he flies off the top, tags in Dango, who does a double leg drop on both of them and pins and they win the belts. This was like this this feels like a really good choice if they were looking to get the belts off Imperium very quickly coming out of takeover, because I predicted that Phantasma would be the ones to win and get this tire match, because I thought they might just do a really silly little tag team championship match, but clearly they they wanted to put someone, they want Imperium cooled off of the Undisputed Era thing at some point, or maybe to continue the Balor thing when when travel is a bit easier. I don't know, but clearly Imperium were kind of the heater tag team championships for, tag team champions for a bit, and hopefully uh, Breezango are going to do something a bit more with that going forward. Don't think so. I think they're going straight on Legado del Fantasma. I, I, I hope not. I, like... When I first kind of saw the match, my first reaction was because I'm a smart who overthinks things. Oh no, but Imperium, because Imperium haven't really done anything with the belts. They haven't really had a chance to. They didn't even have a takeover match with the belts. Mm. Poor, poor lads. Um, which is a shame because, yeah, the tag team championships have suffered probably more than any other championship uh, in COVID because uh, obviously you didn't get a proper satis- yeah, satisfying conclusion to Rosa Waits. Then, you know, Thatcher and him imploded. They didn't have a takeover match either. Uh, Imperium got the belt. They didn't have a takeover match. Yeah. So it felt like I was just waiting for at least just one thing to happen with the belts before we switched them. But Breezango also, it's not, you know, I'm, I'm just so happy for them. Yeah. They're such boys. Um, and yeah, I like you said, I hope, I hope they're not just transitional paper uh, face champions to, in order to facilitate it going on Legado and do the whole, uh, you know, holding all the gold uh, thing. Does kind of feel like that's where it's going. But uh, yeah, no, I just, I am just happy for them because when they came back to NXT, it did kind of feel like they were veteran jobbers to the stars. And it's nice to see them being um, recognized yeah. as something of that. Yeah, it was because I was a bit disappointed when Fandango like came out to help Breeze that time because I thought Breeze was doing brilliant work before that and his singles run when he came back to NXT readopting the Prince Pretty character properly um and then as soon as Fandango came back it went straight from sort of being like on the on the cusp of uh sort of the uh the veteran who's a bit upset that he's back here and that everyone else has been sort of stealing his thunder and ready to prove himself. And then it sort of just went straight back into like costumes and dancing. So like even this version of Breezango, I'm happier with where it's a bit more, they're just that little bit more serious. And obviously that the story they seem to be telling with NXT is that that little bit more serious has paid off because they've got this big win now. Like, you know, the, the one time you don't come out as an astronaut, you get to have the belt. So like, let's, Let's move forward with that because I, I do think they I do think they're a good choice. I think they are a good draw. It's a shame that Imperium haven't got to do anything, but clearly they don't like really doing anything with Imperium without Walter there, um, leading the charge, which is which is fine. Um, you know, Eichner and Bartel just really weren't given time to shine, and that is a bit of a shame. But I'm hoping that once Imperium can all get back together, they're going to get a really big push as well. Um, after that, we saw Damien Priest interviewed backstage, swigging some champagne, still on the party from winning the North American title, which I really enjoyed. Timothy Thatcher show. I don't remember this being his gimmick. 
his one like, his like one it. man party. Yeah, <laughs> he's sort of the new Adam Rose, but with like hot tubs instead of buses. Yeah, and then so Timothy Thatcher then showed up and said, "It's embarrassing the way that the priest is treating the belt, celebrating having it." I, I don't know what Thatcher's problem was here, but he says he should get the first shot. Damien uh, Priest says that he is. Well, Thatcher accuses him of being ill-equipped to be the champion. And Damien says, I think I'm very equipped indeed. Pats the belt and then walks off, swigging some more champagne. What a life. If this is all you had to do, if this is all you had to do after your big takeover match, you'd be like, well, we jumped off ladders, we did all this cool stuff. Here's how you here's how you get to appear for just one episode of NXT. It's like, I just get to drink. Okay, I'll do that. Happy. Uh, off I go. We then <laughs> Brock is just furious in the parking lot, <laughs> just looking at him being like, Yeah, he's <laughs> Slashes tires. <laughs> he's, I mean, he's probably on some killer painkillers, so I'm sure he's fine. We then got Jake Atlas versus Tommaso Ciampa, which we've already discussed. We then got a little package about Candice LeRae and Tegan Knox's friendship. This was all from the perspective of Candice. Um, obviously, Tegan last week said she wanted to reach out, give the olive, uh, extend the olive branch to Candice, and be like, "Hey, friend, let's be friends again, friend." And Cam- this, I thought this was really well put together because there was a lot of like clearly like home footage of them doing stuff together and being chums. And this did more to build them as friends than any of their appearances on TV ever did. Um, and I was, I, I really liked this. And it was, I liked the idea that, you know, she said that Tegan doesn't get me anymore. Where was she when I needed her? Sometimes you just need to be selfish because Tegan could come down this path with me, but she's choosing not to. This was fine build to obviously what feels like a little bit of, Spinning wheels for Candice LeRae, who should be achieving more in NXT, I think. I think her she's got one of the more interesting gimmicks with the, the Gargano Way stuff uh, currently in the women's division. But clearly, you've got a lot of really big talent at the top. The whole photos thing doesn't like, you know, oh, she took me to a castle once and stuff. Like the, the found footage element of it doesn't really do anything for me. That, for me, is NXT telling me how I should feel um, rather than kind of making me feel it. it it's... Like that kind of stuff works really well when you've got a bit more, like with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Like you felt like when literally he came in and like he came in as Sami's friend, like they told that story going and like hugged him, being the first person, you know, to genuine tears in the eyes and stuff. And then after the feud, they then explained, they went into the richer, deeper backstory with all this kind of, um, you know, video footage and photos and stuff it, it does feel like they're trying to prop up a, a filler feud like fine you know it's mm. you know it's better than it is it is better than nothing and i but i would prefer to see the match sooner rather than later i guess yeah i want candace to be moving up the the card in i mean she's she's well overdue something near the top of that division because she has been the the jobber to the stars like you said of, of everyone else and she has been rent a friend for so many people um that i think it's time for her to cut the wall loose and really like make something of that but you know tegan knox versus candace around sure it's going to be a good match um and yeah a little bit more drama and spice added to it can not be a bad thing we then got bronson reed interviewed backstage uh and he said he's what the only person who's actually beaten damien priest so maybe he should be getting that title shot um Austin Theory then wanders in sure, from nowhere. Austin Theory, who disappeared off TV and why, was mate? reportedly suspended for unknown reasons. So he's back now, but he's not on Raw anymore. He's back in NXT. He says, uh, 
you know, he, he says, well done on getting into that ladder match. Uh, you know, me at 22, I managed to make it to WrestleMania. So that's quite impressive. You know, if you keep chasing that star, man, maybe when you're 55 years old, you'll be a champion. And Bronson just goes, 55? Bosh! Oh, I get hit with a massive wet fish. It's, it was a heck of a, it was a heck of a slap. Mm. Yes, it was. Um, hi, Austin. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Hi. Hello. Uh, it feels like you should have always been here. <laughs> why did you go to the? Why did they, they trick you into coming to the main roster mm. then with the with the promise of riches? <laughs> no, it's good to good to have you back here. Like I, I still have no idea who Austin Theory is. No, like, I didn't really get a good idea when he was on Raw, uh, and he kind of bypassed NXT in its entirety. So I am just looking forward to. Uh, a lovely little NXT his gimmick is like package. space or something is it i don't know like is, he, is, is he it going to the moon is well? his, is it bill nye the science guy what's his gimmick like it's he something is. to do with the theory so i think it's just, i think his gimmick is basically that he's young and cocky clearly but theory. they could be demons a dancing demon no something isn't Sorry. Bit of Buffy. Buffy. Keeps coming up today. Uh, we then got Mia Yim versus Shotzi Blackheart. Um, that wasn't the original intended match. This match was intended to be Mia Yim versus Mercedes Martinez. Um, but as the match begins, well, as Mia comes out, Robert Stone comes out, little gold chains holding up his glasses. Uh, <laughs> every to every, like he's like douchebag buckaroo at this point. It's They just add another trinket to him every week to make him look like an idiot. Um he says that there's, what do you think after last week? No, like, there's no way I would let Mercedes Martinez come out and have this match with you. And as he's chatting, Shotzi runs him over with a tank again. What is going on? They need to get a green cross code for the ramp in NXT. That's what they need to do. They need to get a, you know, a stop, look, listen. Where's the hedgehogs? Where's the hedgehog campaign for the NXT ramp? Way? Oh, no, that made me cry. And it still does. <laughs> when he just curls up in a little... No, so I'm thinking of, um, I'm not thinking of that. I'm thinking of animals of falling wood. Oh yeah, but animals of falling wood made everyone cry. You ha you'd have to be soulless to watch don't that. Curl up, don't curl up. They curled up and they got run over. Anyway, um, I yeah. The Robert Stone of hedgehogs. It was. It, it's a plastic tank. It is it's plastic. plastic. Tank. You can see that it's plastic. Oh, it's fine. Like it's like this is the daftest thing on NXT still. Um, I loved Wade Barrett's reaction to it. What the bloody hell kind of place you're running here? Is that a tank? <laughs> bloody hell. What's going on? <laughs> is this NXT? This is not the show I used to be watching. Um, yeah, watching him get a little bit kind of flabbergasted by it. Mm. Yeah, whatever. It's fine. He got run over by a tank. Like the tank went up the middle of his leg. So it, the wheels didn't even touch him. It's, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that for some reason, that means Shotzi's in the match instead. Um, which... Shotzi? Beating Mia Yim clean. What's this whole yeah, segment? Yeah, yeah, I know. This was not to cut I the mean, end. But this like... was this was this was. I mean, this was really fun though as well. Like they were. I loved um, when they they had that. They had a great sequence of stuff where Mia hits a Hurricanrana, and then like Shotzi's running off the rope. She slides under a kick, and then she pops up, hits a Hurricanrana of her own. Then they both catch each other's legs, put them down, and there's this brief moment of like respect between the two of them as they sort of smile. And then Shotzi <laughs> does her wolf howl. And Mia just punches her in the throat. <laughs> no, you've gone too far now. You're being annoying. Um, yeah, and the, yeah, it ends with Shotzi Blackheart hitting the huge senton from the top and beating Mia Yim clean. 
Yeah, fine. Uh, like in terms of making your division a little deeper, yes, sure, that makes mm-hmm. sense. Uh, Shotzi, Shotzi's great. Uh, like as I, I like her presence on NXT. Uh, she's got an interesting look. She's got an interesting like she she does some stuff that other people don't do, namely t- tank vehicular homicide. Um, <laughs> she's it feels it feels fake her being near Yim. Now I know wrestling is fake, but like it it doesn't feel credible because they didn't tell a story that Miriam was distracted you know by Keith Lee you know mm-hmm. being you know being up to the main roster and, and stuff like they, they mentioned a little bit that oh Mia's husband isn't around anymore but um that didn't really factor into the match and it's like Shotzi's still got a little bit of that waiting for her next spot energy in the ring like she'll she'll do a move and then she'll just sort of wait for Mia to be ready and then they'll start the the next sequence like she hasn't quite, and I feel like a complete dick commentary on, on, on that aspect of the wrestling, but like uh, she doesn't quite have the kind of the seamless transitions stuff. She's still, you know, green in, in a lot mm. of ways. Like, um, it, you know, she's still improving in the ring, which makes her beating Mia Yim clean with sort of no fanfare and no real psychological or kind of narrative reason for doing so feel fake. And like, yeah, it feels like that's a weird thing to complain about. But like, yeah, like I, I just feel more sorry for Mia than anything else. Yeah, she seems a bit lost at the moment, Mia Yim. Like they don't really know what they want to do with her. Like I think the being dragged into the Yimitless stuff uh, did the same sort of work that it did for Candice. I think when Johnny was in the championship picture, that it just it sort of pigeonholes the women who get involved in like these multiple feuds that are going on in the men's side because they they just end up sort of lost and like clearly they they this win is setting Shotzi up to uh be involved with the Robert Stone brand going forward and probably as they continue that story with Rhea Ripley and Mercedes Martinez like Shotzi's going to be in Rhea's corner you know they they are into the same sort of music so that's fine um so they can be friends i i think i kind of agree that Shotzi's probably a little bit like a little bit greener than her position in the roster currently shows but you go with what's popular and i do think shotzi's pretty popular like she's got a very yeah, yeah. interest she's got a very interesting different look and vibe and i think she you know it's hard to tell if she gets the crowd going when they're all at home but i think when she was in when she was when there was a crowd in the arena like all of her antics and all of her like wolf howls and welcome to the ball pit stuff is popular. So I think, she, you know, I think she's definitely got presence about her. And, and sometimes that's, that's kind of more lucrative than being a gifted uh, fluid wrestler in that same sense. Not that she's not a gifted wrestler, but she's not a particularly like fluid, fluid wrestler. Um, Mia Yim is definitely on the sort of fluid end of that spectrum and maybe should be, I wonder, just wonder what they're going to do with Mia now because Ooh, hang on, go on. I- we have someone in the chat. <gasps> See hey, you all at pay. Hi, Luke. Hi, mate. My wages are getting docked the more I talk about him. I yeah, I, I'm just gonna take that away just because I'm not sure yeah, it's con- concerned. Uh, just Mr. Davis will be watching this, but yeah, it's got just, eyes I, everywhere. Just wanna say, uh yeah, so we'll we'll, we'll talk in code. I just so like obviously like we hope that our lucrative mm friend uh is doing well we hope to see our lucrative friend again sometime soon because we owe him so much yeah mm. 
Hashtag support Luca. Okay. Um, right. What's the next bit? What was next was Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez were interviewed ahead of their uh, match later in the night against Rhea Ripley. And he's forgotten already who Rhea was teaming with. Just checks his notes. Io Shirai, obviously. women's champion. Yeah, I know. I don't know. My brain just broke there. We were talking we talk too much in code and I was... <laughs> I was doing it in pig Latin in my head. Uh, yeah, so they said that they were going to win the match because they're a team and EO and Rhea aren't because fact is uh, Rhea wants what EO's got and she knows that. And then, uh, yeah, she says, Kai says that she deserves to be the NXT Women's Champion and Raquel Gonzalez says, Rhea, you messed up by getting in my face. And it was like the sort of hanging sentence where you're like, and because, and then she just <laughs> walked off. And I was like, okay, fine, that's fair. Raquel's, then... got, one, Raquel's got one line. She's got oh, one yeah. line. I like, the, I like that, but I like the fact that she's unambitious. It's great. Like, you know, she, <laughs> she doesn't want anything from life, Raquel. She just wants to help Dakota Kai do stuff. That's great. I think, you know, what does Dakota Kai have over Raquel Gonzalez is what I want to find out. What, what, what is fueling that? Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a burn book somewhere or other. Uh, so then we got Will and Regal coming out, um, and he announced the 60-minute Iron Man match between Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, Adam Cole, and Finn <laughs> Balor. Johnny Gargano. Gargano and Finn Balor. Finn Balor. Finn, Finn Balor. Finn Balor. <laughs> I you love that it. he's the only person in the world. Not even Finn pronounces his name like that. And it's his name. <laughs> and Finn Balor. <laughs> I just he was giving it some he was just giving it some juice was Regal. He wanted to make it sound better than it he wanted to make it sound good. And he made it sound good. It sounds Good. One of my notes is just effort duck. I want this. Like I, I do you know, I've, I've just, I'm, this is my new thing now. I just want 60 minute Ironman matches with these four guys. Like this is, I'll give up everything else. This, I'm just going to become a hermit, like a minimalist hermit, except for a TV that plays 60 minute Ironman matches between these guys. Cause this is for a Tuesday night. Oh, what's a big, it's a big Tuesday, super Tuesday. Best thing I can say about it is like, that the, this match god it makes you and i feel we're the lucky ones in terms of like oh, we, we get to yeah. watch it and like analyze it in detail and like it gets we get to be paid to watch this episode of nxt what, mm. what lucky boys i know and then on monday those guys have to watch raw underground is it uh-huh. sucks <laughs> to be you <laughs> jokers um, yeah. <laughs> Having but, um, in in house feuds. I am turning my phone off Wednesday morning. Uh, I will be getting up early because uh, obviously we've got our morning meeting in Wrestle Wrestle Talk. I am oh, yeah. turning my phone off. I'm getting up early and I'm watching NXT and not even watching it in 1.5 speed, which is what we sometimes do in order to get through it, and, like and maximize our use of the day. I'm watching this in one speed. In glorious normal motion. Yes, I'm getting yes. all sixty minutes in real time. Oh yeah, I um, this is you know if you if you know you've got some bad news, something that's going to be disappointing and disappointing your fans who've been invested in a storyline you've been telling going forward. This is a way to get people back on board with your championship picture. This is a way to go like, yeah, okay, sorry, I'm like crosses out. That is really sad news for everyone, and he's a he's a major talent. We were pinning the hopes of the future on NXT on him for the next six months at least, most likely. 
But you know what's good about NXT? There's a lot of the guys from the past here. There's four of them and they're bloody amazing. And one of them's got a white hot heel turn to going into this match as well. So like, yeah, I am so, so keen for this. And yeah, I, I'm leaning heavily towards Champa for the victory here. Um, which makes me think there's gonna, they're going to swerve that and, and go with Baylor. Uh, but yeah, that, that would also be fine because I think he would do wonders with the belt as well. I think there's so many stories that can come out of any of these four guys winning the championship. Um, and so, yeah, it, like we were discussing earlier a little bit that this feels like a bit of a hard reset for NXT. Um, and it really does feel like a, a sea change of like, these. this is who's important. This is what they're going for. This is what they're after. This episode did wonders, I think, setting everyone up post-takeover to be like, this is what, you know, this is where we're, this is the roadmap that we've got going forward. Especially when you consider, obviously, that the head writer of NXT has resigned his position. Uh, so, like, there are, there's clearly, there are new creatives in charge. Um, and it does, yeah, like, you, you don't normally expect a, a changing of the guard to come with such a kind of, such a clunk of a shift. But that is sort of the cards they've been dealt with carrying mm. this in. Yeah, you can't you can't exactly easily get round carrying cross with a with a separated shoulder because you can't have him beaten for the belt even in a shock match. He has to just give the thing up, which is crying shame. We then got Santos Escobar, cruiserweight champion, versus Swerve Scott uh, in a title match. This was awesome. This was really really good. Uh, and th you know this this is kind of the match I've wanted to see Escobar in for a while as well, like mostly one on one. Like a lot, obviously, a lot of his matches have have relied very heavily on the fact that he's got a whole team behind him helping him out, and that they helped him out here for sure. But the rest of like, there was a good long stretch of match where he was just being brilliant against Swerve Scott, and Swerve Scott got a lot of great offense in here too. Like his picture perfect Fosbury flop over the top rope is is just something else. It is it is unreal that move and then there were loads of close twos this was this was that that cruiserweight match that just comes out like and just goes oh yeah you weren't expecting to like love this but here it is here's something that you you got you know they, they've done a great job of building scott and escobar but the cruiserweight division always feels like very low down the roster and then they just do something incredible every single time they come out and you're like oh yeah we really everyone should really be watching 205 live i want to throw a quick um quick kind of shout out to his kind of his like tweaked version of a gory special mm. it wasn't even like a major part like it, they basically did a, the gory special but he had kind of both um shoulder blades like around like kind of one uh, side of the head uh so it kind of was like even more constricted so it looked like a kind of combination of a rings of satin and a gory special and it wasn't even like it lasted for a f like like a few seconds maybe 10 seconds and then that was in onto the next bit of the match i was like that was cool let's mm. uh, focus more on that but yeah th there's a lot in this match, the leaping flatliner was great. The kind of um, springboard Hurricane Rana into a kind of power bomb, which mm -hmm. didn't look clean, but that was kind of cool about it as well. Yeah, I loved Escobar. I loved Escobar just chucking Swerve off the apron. When Swerve jumps out to the outside to run up and do his like kick, Escobar just grabs him and just goes yeah. into the barricade. And it like Swerve, bless his heart, just lobbed himself into it. He was like, nope, fine. We'll, we'll work out the landing when we hit, I guess. Uh, yeah, there were. It didn't look very safe, but I think that's what made it look so dramatic. And then he dumps him into the steps, and that's really what gives him the advantage early on. Yeah, and then there was uh, this huge gut wrench German suplex, and he called for the house call. Hit it, got really, really close too, and then he hits his uh, inverted finish. 
Um, and then that's when Santos like managed to get the bottom rope. Uh, he rolled out, put on a lucha mask, um, and then he headbutted Swerve, who got KO'd. Before all that, actually, also the the rest of Legado del Fantasma ran out for a brief Brizango. bit of, yeah, and Brizango came out and dragged them away. So it seems like they're keeping Brizango and Fantasma feuding and probably keep Swerve Scott in the mix. I should hope so. They kidnapped Fandango. I don't know what they yeah. did with him, but they yeah, they put him in a car. Uh, I love this if it's what I think it is. If it's what I think it is, is that it's a loaded mask. That mm-hmm. would be so cool. It kind of it smells like William Regal. And I think Wade Barrett even put over the phrase the power of the mask. I just love like that's the kind of stuff in wrestling that I just go wild for is like metaphorical violence and mm. um the idea of you know him taking off the mask because it disrespects lucha and then putting the mask on but it's also a weapon as so he uses yeah like, he definitely tapped you... the middle he definitely tapped the middle bit for a bit before he headbutted him just checking it was in the right place so it does seem like there's probably a metal plate or something in there That's so great just like the bastardization of lucha and using it to destroy his enemies like great new as well like mm-hmm. good 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 stuff like i thought when legato came out they were just going to be just like oh they caused a distraction that's the three but no this, there's another weapon uh in escobar's arsenal and it he- plays so and it plays so well into the story they've been telling with you know legato del fantasma as well i just think it's going to be going forward I, I hope they keep using that spot for a while because i think they, they could do some really fun storytelling with the mask it's, it's got the brass nuts and the brass mask yeah the head of God or whatever it's called. Uh, Johnny Gargano um, had a little promo after that and he said he was going to uh, rule NXT, and but he was thinking about it because last week he came so close to breaking his neck. He said, it's time to remind everyone just who he is because he is the Iron Man of NXT and has been for years. Good little promo. We then got a Finn Balor one that followed up and he says, life comes full circle in this business. All the pieces are set. The four cornerstones of NXT are in, set for the match. However, I'm not a cornerstone. I'm the centerpiece. Everyone is going to get what they want, including the the trolls at home. Uh, Finn Balor with the NXT title. Yet more. Finn Balor needs to do like a masked magician style series talking about NXT and and like a peek behind the curtain. There was a wrestling one of that as well, but uh, the secrets of wrestling. But yeah, did you know that they slap their leg when they do a super kick? I did. The bush. bush. Yeah. He like he's great, and it's it's this is all the good stuff. Because... Oh, crumbs! That was that was intimate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we then got Kyle O'Reilly versus Drake Maverick. Um, I liked the description of Drake Maverick as more guts than brains. This is good stuff. Drake had ch- uh, thrown out the challenge to the undisputed era, saying that like I don't care which one of you answers the call. I just want one of you in the ring after what you did with to me beating me up after the match with Killian Dane. Um, Kyle O'Reilly answered the challenge, but it came out with uh, Roderick Strong and Bobby Fish. Um, Drake attacked very early, nailing O'Reilly with some knees and did the flip center onto Fish and Strong on the outside. Um, Wade Barrett was just on commentary, healing it up, saying that like, oh yeah, he's really reminded of the Nexus by Undisputed Era, but the difference is I never respected anyone underneath me in the Nexus, which I thought was quite fun. Um, Maverick goes up for this big slice bread, but when he lands, his feet buckles. And then Kyle just wraps him up. And they've been playing up the knee for a little bit in the match. Kyle wraps him up in this like heel hook mm. that looked one, inescapable, and two, utterly, utterly vicious. This was this was like Pete Kyle O'Reilly. I loved this. Um yeah. 
and my, oh god, I'm so happy. It seems like your prediction might be coming true as well. Well, right? it looked like they're going face with him, right? I because mm. yeah, they didn't do the thing that they should have done. No, they shouldn't have done it. Uh, <laughs> take over, um, but yeah, Tyler Riley singles push. Yeah. I'm so here for it. Uh, I can't, can't wait. Yeah. So obviously after the match, they so first of all, like he didn't do anything. He didn't do anything like kind of evil during the match. He's just vicious. He's just a. He, he just, he just, yeah, he just uh, he zeroed in on the leg after the like a little injury and just started nailing it with kicks and stuff. Yeah, and just oh my god. So yeah, after the match, um, undisputed era start attacking Drake Maverick, and he's just like what are you doing? Like, he doesn't stop him. Like, he does stop him a little bit. He pushes him off, but he doesn't get, like, it's not full face turn. We're, go- we're going a little slowly with it. Yeah, he didn't get involved. Mm. And they got Riley. a chair and stuff. He didn't, yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, so excited. Um, so excited. But then, so then, so th- this is all happening, and then Killian Dane is actually the one who runs down to the ring past O'Reilly, who's kind of got out of the way, and he he attacks uh he runs off strong and fish and O'Reilly was on the apron for a second. And he just backs off and then Drake's like, Oh, thanks mate. And then walks forward and, and Dane just nails him too with a big clothesline. He just, <laughs> <laughs> misplaced emotions. Bam. You want to say Dane is in tip top shape. Mm-hmm. Look at the guy. He's looking trim AF. Well done, sir. Uh, yeah. I, I, yes, there's some, there's, Colourful characters in the NXT world. Um, I saw a, a comment scrolling past that uh, Drake Maverick's going back to being a jobber. I think that's a very harsh uh, mm. summation of what we've seen. Uh, he he's a, he's a smaller wrestler uh, and is an underdog because of it. And there's no there is no shame in being tapped out by Kyle O'Reilly. No, not with that you. not with that move as well. That looked horrible. I wouldn't want that. And then he, you know, but he, he got in a lot of offense early on. Like he was taking out all of the undisputed area at one point. He got, his, he got his shine. Yeah, I think I think Drake is in a holding pattern until they want to send him up against Escobar again. Like you can't, we were complete. Like you know, we, we were saying when he was first coming out and getting in Escobar's face that it it was foolish of him to continually run into a three on one attack. So I think they need to sort of cool that off for a bit. Do some other stuff with Escobar. Let let. Legado del Fantasma build a bit more momentum and then you bring Drake in and be like this guy again is he absolutely nuts and this time when he's nuts he's also right and he starts to build his way up to win the Cruiserweight Championship because that is going to be the comeback story that you want to culminate with the Cruiserweight title I tell you what I'd like to see in the meantime though I would actually really like to it's a shame that the clothesline happened because I thought the team of Dane and Drake that's Mm. a cool little team just like you know uh, little, little and large, just like you know the, the the clever henchman and the and the hulking henchman. You know, so it's such a well worn. I wouldn't uh, someone call Drake the clever henchman. <laughs> Let's but, run in there. <laughs> Let's run in there and get ourselves overpowered by the numbers game. There goes nothing. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I. <laughs> it's it's brilliant. Uh, I, I I think I I hope that Drake tries to kind of bury the hatchet with Dane and Dave. They do it like an Enzo and Cass thing where he basically carries around uh, Drake on his shoulder and just chucks him at people. I think he'll wear, he'll wear him down by getting beat up, I think. Like, eventually, Dane will tire of beating up Drake Maverick, who keeps coming out to say thank you. And, yeah, maybe they could do a little team. I, I, I quite like that. It's, something, it's definitely something for Drake to do. And, and I think Dane has also been a bit listless in NXT for a while. So it, 
they could make a really good on-screen pairing. Um, we then got Rhea Ripley backstage talking about her match, saying that if Raquel Gonzalez wants me to shut up, why doesn't she make me? Fine, fine, fine. Adam Cole says uh, the Mount Rushmore of NXT is in the match next week. A match like this is right up my alley because I'm the Iron Man of NXT, um, which is fair enough, mate. You probably are. We then got Io Shirai Rhea, and Rhea Ripley versus Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez, our main event. By the time we got here, I think I sort of had reveal surprise fatigue and I was kind of like what more could they possibly do because like before I even watched NXT I bit obviously like popped on Twitter and seen people talking about it I hadn't seen every like every possible reveal and stuff and people at people at work have been saying well it sounded like a crazy show last night and I was like well this this has happened and this has happened and this has been announced and that's quite crazy is there something else and then I kind of got to the end of this match and I was like oh there wasn't it felt like it almost felt like this was this wasn't this greedy was, boy yeah, no, but I feel like this was almost overshadowed by some of the stuff that had come before it. And so it didn't necessarily feel like what I would have done as the show closer, but I get the wanting to end on a match. Um, it was a very good match, ended, though. I think they should have ended on Champa. Yeah. I think they should have ended on Champa, especially considering that the, I think they should have done the Iron Man announcement. Uh, then everyone could have cheered that Champa was in it. And then Champa comes out. And because he knows that he has an opportunity uh, to get the NXT champion. That is what makes him fully embrace the kind of, I need to do whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. I need this. And I think that story might have been better. Because you can't, I don't know if you can top the that Champa heel turn. No, and they, yeah, I think they, they and it, they did that at the end of the first hour. So they, they kind of, I guess they knew that that was that's when they like to also put a big moment. But I think that moment just overshadowed the rest of the show. It was so powerful. Um, this was really good, though. Like, this was a really fun match. I really I loved Dakota Kai at the beginning of the match when Gonzalez was, like, squaring up to everyone in the ring. And she was just behind her, just going... <laughs> like, puffing her chest out, getting in their faces. Um, and, yeah, this, this was kind of that match where they were trying to keep the two Goliaths from colliding, and they just did that. They worked around it so well. Um, you know, there was this brief moment in the beginning where Rhea Ripley starts off against Kai, and she starts beating Kai, and she just picks Kai up and just throws her into her own corner and tells Gonzalez to tag in. <laughs> Gonzalez yeah, tags that. in. They get up in each other's faces. There's a headbutt, and then Gonzalez pushes her, and she flops back into her own corner. EO tags in, and she was like, what? You've you got to be kidding me. Brilliant, like... That's great tag team chemistry stuff. EO was brilliant when she was going on at both of them. And like she did this great bit where she had Gonzalez in the corner down and she had uh, Kai hung up on the ropes and she hits a the double knees into Gonzalez, bounces right back off and runs straight into the Tiger faint kick. There was, it was a really well booked match. It was really, really fun. I like the fact that Dakota Kai didn't look lost in it. Like, you know, I think with the, the level of, talent that there was in this match and the way they present Gonzalez and Rhea Ripley specifically, it would have been very easy for Kai to have been the, like the fourth wheel here and just been chucked around a lot, but she got in some really good offense and she was very sneaky and very clever. She, you know, I really, really enjoyed this. And then the end was where it started to get a little bit more confusing because there was a, there was a tag made to uh, EO from Rhea. I oh, know Rhea tagged. Yeah. So Shirai tags in Rhea. But uh, Kai has taken the referee, so he misses the tag. And as Rhea steps in, he pushes her back out. Um, and so they're sort of double-teaming Io Shirai. As this is happening, Mercedes Martinez runs down, grabs Rhea, pulls her off the apron, and she donks ahead. 
but that's not the end. That was like just that was just another bump in the road on the way. You thought that I thought that would sort of be like that'd be it, and then Shirai would get her. You know, she'd get power bombed, and that'd be the finish. She gets power bombed, and that isn't the end. Um, they manage to uh, get a, they get a hot tag, and as Rhea steps in, you're like, cool, this is it. She's gonna make her big. She's gonna make her big uh, comeback here. But it was like, oh no, it's quite clear she's not a well woman after falling off the apron there no. because Gonzalez just like grabbed her and was like one arm power bomb, and that was it. I think it's, it's really quite great. yeah. I think it's I think it was a it was a cool finish. They did like it got a bit confusing towards the end, but I think they laid it out well enough that. All those moments where they they false sort of it was like a false finish after false finish. You, I was just along for the ride because I really did think at multiple occasions that they'd lost um, to Gonzalez and Kai, and they just kicked out just enough. And I was they were just building enough momentum, and then like that choice to put Rhea back in to take the pin from Gonzalez was a stroke of genius because I really did think they were just going to do like Rhea Ripley. She could put people in the bin when she wants to. She could do whatever she wants. Like she's just going to easily conquer Gonzalez here and she just walks right into that one-arm powerbomb. And I am hoping that what they're building to now is Martinez and Ripley and Gonzalez because I thought yeah. Gonzalez looked absolutely brilliant and brutal in this match. She She's really come into her own. And yeah, I, I'm excited that there is that level of sort of magnitude and power in the women's division with Rhea and Gonzalez and Martinez. Like they feel like legit monsters. They're Good awesome. Old NXT, not afraid to beat Rhea. Really, really happy about that. Especially when there's a reason for it. This is just something that I think I think I get so frustrated with on the main roster is that you can you don't have to protect everyone if you book cleverly like mm -hmm. you can beat people if there's a reason for it and yet Rhea got beamed by someone that she was in a feud with already uh and then she got overconfident and I thought like on the main roster Rhea would just come in overcome the odds and still get the pin despite the interference from the, the Roman Reigns booking my friend Roman Reigns um I loved it loved it loved it loved it uh that's just like yeah she yeah Rhea's a superstar Mm -hmm. uh, but she got pinned by someone who is comparatively greener because of circumstance. And Raquel looks a lot better now because of it. And Rhea doesn't lose anything because no. she got attacked. It's great. It's, it's, yeah, like you say, it's, it is certainly not as flashy as a lot of the, the rest of the episode of NXT. But it's really solid and it's clever and it's built like there, there's sharks are circling Io Shirai now. Oh uh, yeah, it's so so many sharks. He is caught in a kind of a, a like a three-way kind of like hoss fight. That's just all like if if the if the match she's the hedgehog. <laughs> if don't curl up. If the match is Io versus Rhea versus Gonzalez versus Mercedes Marti oh, Martinez. No, I feel oh, bad for Io oh, there. Oh, I'm here for it. Um, yeah, like I I mean I would do that because Io can win that. And like she could pin, you know, Raquel Gonzalez, who could mm -hmm. lose because miscommunication with her and Kyla. There's loads of ways to think yourself out of these matches, but you get to see more of Rhea, more of Mercedes, which everyone wants. Oh, uh, yeah. And Raquel gets to um, be elevated by association as well. Well done, NXT. Yeah, this it, it, this was this was like it was a clunky gear shift for NXT just because they've actually done a very good job building to take over 30 of sort of giving us an idea of where they were going to go. But I love the reframing of certain characters. I love the fact that like 
we're going to have a new champion next week. We've got new champions this week. Um, and it feels like, you know, that that tag division is going to get elevated by having Brizango as the champs and hopefully get a bit more shine and a bit more time on TV. Um, and they can start to make some proper stars there again. Um, the four guys in that NXT championship match next week, a 60 minute Ironman match, which I don't know how the hell you would book, um, but I'm sure they're going to nail it. I cannot wait to see. I'm so excited to watch Super Tuesday of NXT. The women's match was brilliant. Um, yeah, really, really built really nicely. Cruiserweight championship match, also brilliant. Also going places. Legado del Fantasma are fantastic. Just what an episode of NXT. The only thing that was missing was the North American title picture, really, from like in Bloody rings. hell, Laurie, you hate everything. Constant I know, negativity. I know. About NXT. You always got some some little horrible little comments here. Why can't you just enjoy wrestling, mate? Why can't you just it's so negative? Like, oh yeah, where, no, where's, sure. the thumb, where's the thumbs down button? I, I cannot put up with all this negativity in my wrestling criticism from these journalists. Sorry. What did you think of the episode, Sorry, yeah. you ball so bag? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw a comment on like last week's um, uh, video saying Adam seems determined to get these videos downvoted. <laughs> like, well, maybe that will be my gimmick. <laughs> thoughts down from the inside. Loved it. Um, really, really good. Like NXT is normally, no NXT is normally as solid as the main event was, but this week was a special special like you know a, a bunch of different things collided they were unopposed uh for against aew hi aew if you're in the chat by the way you think great especially laurie um and especially me. cowards for not putting a show on this week absolute <laughs> cowards didn't want to see what the ratings were like on wrestle talk when nxt goes up against aew that's why scared okay oh please don't be in the chat uh so uh but like they ran unopposed um there was a big change in uh, head of creative um their top champion is out so loads of things combined to create genuinely one of the most uh remarkable episodes of nxt of the year um, oh, it was so packed full of stuff yeah. if you watch well, one nxt this year watch this one because it was it was so good but also watch all of them and then watch us talk about them because that's how we make our living so yeah, yeah. NXT, very good. Let's do some super chats. Bacon Rasher comes back in and says, uh, thought my notebook was covered in water spots, but turns out you lads not keeping the background clean. Uh, cross to win it back versus Demon Finn for me. This is actually printed on the background. That's the yes. little peek behind the curtain. I'm equally annoyed by how that is printed <laughs> on the background, as you are. Um, I I wonder if the... De I don't think the demon needs to return. I think the demon's almost too hokey for this version of Finn Balor. Like, he doesn't need that. He doesn't need to go to that dark place because he now lives there 24-7 because um, he wants to push the big push. The big push. Oh, God, it's horrible. Oh, absolutely <laughs> gross. Scott Young says, do you think this is a good chance to put Cross straight to the main roster and not return to NXT? Maybe a Rumble win. Um... Yeah, I guess so. Like, I mean, I I feel like that's a blessing and a curse, obviously, going up to the main roster where he'll be the cross experience or whatever he's called. Um, <laughs> it's, it's fine. I'll keep making that joke about everyone. It's, <laughs> um, But yeah, I I think he's someone they definitely would look to put on the main roster. There was always that news when he was coming in that they said they were going to fast track him and we found out that the fast track was basically immediately inserting him into the NXT championship picture. I think it would be wasted to move him straight to the main roster. I would like to see him come back 
on NXT and win the championship. And and I would like to see what they thought they were going to do with him in the first place. Because, um, you know, it, it feels almost like it would be the same case of like, if Champa never got the title back and Johnny and Champa never finished their feud and stuff like it, it just feels like we've been, I've invested a lot as a viewer. They've invested a lot of time making the TV show tell that story and leaving that thread dangling would just be sad, really. Um, even if he would smash up the main roster, which I'm sure he would do. Bonzo for Life says, Cross could be Lesnar 2.0. Good look, limited move set. Do you yeah. concur? Yeah, no, I, I, don't feel, I honestly don't feel like we've seen uh, all of Cross. Uh, I don't think we saw all of him in that Keith Lee match. I think the injury kind of put pay to that. So uh, jury's still out, but dude is a the dude's a like a presentation. That's the mm. thing. He is he is a fully formed character, and if he is limited in the ring, which I haven't seen necessarily uh, conclusive evidence of, he's still got one of the most striking gimmicks in worldwide wrestling. I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, the train 24 says support wrestle Luke. I think with the injury Champa will win. He's the NXT version of Roman. Something goes wonky, given the belt to course. Correct. Um, I, yeah, I can, I think Champa's a really smart choice for this. I think I, I just wonder, yeah, like I said earlier, I think I wonder if, if the, the big heel turn for Champa is to make him sort of a, a mini cross almost so they can continue with the plans they had going forward because, you know, promises would have been made to people about where their storylines are going. And if cross goes out, then you throw a load of story out the window. Um, so I imagine they can keep a lot of that stuff if you've got big monster heel Tommaso Champa running the division. Mike D says, I'd prefer Champa to get the belt after last night, but if Balor takes it or Baylor takes it, imagine Cross versus the Demon and Cross comes back from injury. Yes, please. We kind of covered that already a little bit, but yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Cross versus the Demon. I think those two, those the, the collision of those gimmicks would work really well. I just don't think the Demon is where Finn Balor's head is at right now. I, don't, I, think, I think that's the thing. I think... Uh, I think we will see the demon on NXT again, but I think absence makes the heart grow fonder, and I think he's going to resist it until literally he needs that nuclear option. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, Demon Balor versus Cross. Demon Balor comes out, all of his spots oh. written up his arms, so you can read them all. This is how he reveals <laughs> what's behind the curtain. Kick the mask, out. obviously, the mask magician. <laughs> face paint stuff uh mr uh mr ma campbell says love the fact that breeze is a double champion i'm assuming this is being the left right left right champion and the tag champ i think he's the up down up down champion is he uh okay Mm. Mm. he's one of those champions uh levante rogers says also for super tuesday the first hours before the main event should be a series of matches ranging from 10 to 15 minutes and the other time for tv ads i think yeah i want like i would quite like a just balls to the wall like here is just a bunch of really good wrestling. And then, oh, yeah, if you like that wrestling, here's 60 minutes of really good wrestling. I, that would I will, be ace. I'll take a full hour of Shakaroni adverts in the first hour of NXT if I get no commercial interruptions in the Iron Man match. I know I won't get that, but I, I'm willing to watch all that horrible cricket wireless nonsense where Man. Charlotte is running around after a jelly bean or some other. Tell me about vapes yeah. and how bad they are for me. That's what I want to know. MTB Payback says, Plumpy, will Damien Priest be a dominant North American champion? Leaving me out. Breeze is the left, right, left, right champion. I do apologize, Laurie. Booyah. Was that, was that, I can't, I can't do that. Just, you've got to let you, let your 
Let it go floppy. Done. Good. Okay. Do you think Priest is going to be a dominant North American champion? Because that yeah. was yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think Good. he's going to beat Thatcher. Uh, gosh, he's got a sexy voice, mm. and I know about having a sexy voice. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm totally up for. Uh, you've, got, you've got a Tory voice, is what you've got. There are some sexy Tories. I'm not a Tory. I am not a Tory. <laughs> also, there is, there are no sexy Tories. It doesn't exist. It's an oxymoron. <laughs> Kevin says, I'm going to miss the refs carrying a regal Zoom call. Uh, <laughs> I totally am going to miss the refs carrying the little uh, robo regal around. That was that was one of the better things we got in lockdown, actually. Uh, here's some WrestleTalk miscellaneous super chats. Jobber JJ says, Mr. Davis knows best. Iron Man match will be fire emoji. Wow. So lit, I'm assuming. Yeah. Mr. Davis knows best. Uh, we are contractually obliged to agree. Mm-hmm. And we'll say no more. Jeremy Bauman says, uh, Luke World Order is coming. Hashtag LWO invades WrestleTalk. Maybe. Maybe. I think uh, Mr. Davis, sorry, not Ollie Davis. Mr. Davis is, try is trying his hardest to, uh, you know, shore up our defences. The, the great firewall of WrestleTalk is being assembled as we speak in order to keep the Luke World Order out. Axe Adapter says, hashtag justice for Luke down with Davis. We cannot endorse that statement. Mm -hmm. Rich McCann says, Adam, love you. Laurie, love you. Adam, please start a board game channel. Tried Unmatched, loved it. Have, you ever, have you ever played Disney Villainous? Aha! Ho-ho! Literally got it for my birthday. Here it is. It's delightfully looking. Anyway, I've heard a lot of people say it's really great. Uh, you get to play as different Disney villains, like trying to execute your own little schemes, but you're playing as people and they'll try and stop you and you're trying to kind of amass power and like it's got loads of really cool art from Disney films in it. Can't wait. And uh, starting a board game channel. That's that is a good idea. Uh, Rich McCann also asks uh, if there's going to be any more explained. Uh, he says he loved the Poison Mist episodes. You're in luck because next week we're starting Explained again. Season two begins when Luke's uh, is actually good series ends. So well, it'll be coming. Yeah. So yeah. Rest in peace. Luke's well, we've got we've got his last one. So yeah, that's it. It's yeah, going to have to take that, the spot. I, I mean, I, I told Ollie, I thought it was a bit, you know, kind of, it's not quite right to use it when Luke's gone. But Ollie says, you know, he paid Luke for the filming time. So that yeah, belongs exactly. to him. So. So we are putting out, it is, uh, is Vince McMahon actually good? And then next week, season two of Explained is going to start. And I'll reveal more on Twitter, I guess, as to what's going to be in each episode. Uh, JC20 says, join the WrestleTalk order with Mr. Davis. We've, we've had to. We are card-carrying WrestleTalkers. Uh, the Jam one, Ryan B. Jam, says, Luke to AEW YouTube channel confirmed. Hashtag justice for Luke. Not after what we said on NXT last week. Obviously, we've cut ties with AEW. Uh, Glass Frame we, says... We've cut ties yep, with yep. AEW. We, are, we were both on screen at the same time, Adam. We are both equally responsible for what has happened. Glass Frame says, will either of you be applying for the job of Mr. Davis's best friend now that there's a vacancy? Um, I definitely will be applying for the Luke vacancy, having had prior experience. My CV is obviously full of uh, being a Luke, so... Yeah, I, I, I'll definitely look into it uh, as a career move. 
Uh, I'm all right. No, you're fine. Okay. Mr. M.A. Campbell comes back saying, hashtag wrestle Luke, hashtag justice for Luke. Again, we can't endorse those messages legally. Mundy says, Ollie made the biggest heel turn of 2020, and I'm so invested in the story being told. Maybe pass on some advice to WWE, so maybe they get better. Hashtag JTJ. And I just, I do need to address this because I just, I think calling it a heel turn, calling it a storyline, this is people's lives we're messing with, guys. Like this is this is real life. What happens on Quizzlemania? What happens on the Wrestle Talk podcast? It, it, this is people's real lives and real experiences. It's not just a story for your entertainment. Luke, Luke, Luke's gone, man. Like I'm pretty, to be honest, I'm pretty cut up about it. But you're right, man. I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. But hang on. Do you want to? We'll just look. We've got a couple more. We've got a couple more chats to go through, and then we'll just we'll we'll get through it. It's fine. We'll talk after this. Okay. Eduardo Seren says, "Mr. Davis's heel turn is right there on top with the Hulk Hogan heel turn." Hashtag Wrestle Luke. Rathman says, "Hi, Laurie and Adam and everyone. Adam, I was really rooting for you last night. You did your best. You'll get him next time." Do you, Luke, mate. Uh, sorry, sorry, not Luke. Sorry, that kind of helped. Uh, Laurie, do you want to send me the super chats, mate? You're, I don't know if you're in okay. a position to do them. I'll just put them in. Pop them, pop them to me on Discord, mate. <clears throat> Thank you, mate. Yeah, I'll, don't worry about it. I, I'll take over. Uh, so we've got uh, Eduardo Surens saying, um, giving us uh, $5, $5 uh, WrestleMania X7, Stone Cold heel turn, uh, Quizomania X7, uh, Mr. Davies turns heel. Coincidence? The two biggest names in wrestling uh, turning heel. Um, and then we have uh, a last minute message uh, from Timothy Beast saying, how many total falls in the Iron Man match uh, do you think? I think um, I think you're looking at maybe one each. I think so. I'm looking, I, I think maybe five. Everyone gets one and someone gets a second one uh, right at the end. What do you the, think? Op the Oprah booking, as it's known. Yeah. And... Um, Money in the Bank, uh, MTB Payback says, uh, ideas for the next UK champ. Uh, who beats Walter? Or maybe Balor. Maybe Balor would be a good... Uh, mm. Dragonov. What do you think, Laurie? Balor was the one. Wrestling, wrestling is fun, Sorry, Balor, Balor was the one. He was on the cards, wasn't he, Balor? So uh, I think they do want to save that Walter-Balor match. And that is the kind of... They still need to sort of plump nxt uk that that bt sport deal is still very new and they've obviously had to struggle through quite hard times initially so that i think that's the sort of kick in the ass that nxt uk would need when it comes back properly to be like here's walter and Balor for the title that's that's going to be a real boost to them um if that's all the super chats we've got one last thing to do before we get out of here uh which is to thank our pledge hammers on patreon for all their support obviously kind of need it now more than ever, it's troubling times for everyone here at Wrestle Talk. So, yeah, thank you so much for your support. Xandermania running wild. Thank you for your support. Benjamin, always the bridesmaid, never the McBride. Thank you for your support. Angelic Angelo Mercado, thank you for your support. Duncan, just Duncan. The Boozer Waits, Ari and Shifra, thank you for your support. This is some kind of Patreon shout-out. Nate dropped surname. That's the full name. Uh, butter me up, Soren Nord. Thank you for your support on Patreon, which is, that's a, that should be fair, that's a, I think that's a Luke one because it's about 
Okay. Soren Fruitler. Look, we've got sure. f- five more. Sorry. <laughs> it's high noon, Matthew McCreedle. That's a Pete one, so that's less less upsetting. Uh, Peter Fiber Brontaus, thank you for your support. He's a sexy man, not an Andrew Gross man. Thank you for your support. And last two, Jonathan, the headmaster headman, thank you. And just a guy, a Rydot guy. Thank you for your support. And um, I'm, I'm sorry. It's okay, man. Honestly, for... you don't have anything to apologize for. You're doing the best in a difficult time. We do actually have to, uh, a few more late super chats, if you don't mind me just- Go for it. The cancer villainous is so great. I have all the expansions. It's like solitary, but people get to F with you delightful uh yeah no i can't i can't wait a asymmetric games where every player has a different power and the powers work differently against each other that's my jam um breathing nerd uh, breathing nerdum says uh just hashtag justice for luke uh xandermania and i will make sure he sees justice thank you so much and uh mind for life 102 says fantasy booking here finn wins the title Hold it till Survivor Series where we get Finn versus uh, Fiend versus Demon in a spooky rematch. And poor Drew is just there as the odd man out. First time super chatter. A bleak picture you paint. Uh, I mean, I, I'd love to see uh, Demon versus uh, Fiend. Feels like if Finn ever goes back to the main roster, they'll probably run that. Do you like quizzes? Do you like wrestling? Do you like watching self-professed experts in their fields being exposed as dangerous frauds? Then you'll love Quizzle Mania, brought to you by Parts Fun Known, the team behind acclaimed wrestling RPG No Rolls Barred. Join us every week as four wrestling pundits pit their knowledge against each other in a cerebral wrangle for prizes, glory, and a bit of good old-fashioned escapism. Enjoy the videos live every Wednesday on Parts Fun Known's YouTube channel, or subscribe right now to have them beam straight to your mobile device. Quizzlemania, it's the showcase of the Amorons. So one thing we haven't done yet, Adam, is uh, discuss TakeOver X. Please don't Google it. Uh, because we we didn't have a live stream for reactions. We didn't have a proper like podcast review on Sunday because everyone's getting ready for SummerSlam. We've been incredibly busy. So what did you think of the show? I thought it were good. Not great. It was good. Yeah, I think it it, it was exactly what I kind of imagined it would be. It was it was a perfectly serviceable takeover. It, well, I don't think it was quite up to the standard of uh, In Your House, which I thought was a little bit better. And it definitely wasn't the standard of a takeover in front of a crowd. But um I did really enjoy the North American ladder match. Uh, that was really, really fun. I thought yeah. Cameron Grimes is just a genius. I just, everything he does is brilliant. Um, so many goddamn times I thought I was going to win that <laughs> match. I felt so smug for predicting him so many times. Yeah, you got to go. That's the thing. You got to go with the safe picks. I had a perfect, I had a perfect takeover except Brizango. That was it. Mm quite annoyed by that but yeah I, lo- I loved that match I thought um the women's match was brilliant too uh a bit kind of messy with Rhea Ripley coming out at the end but I, I still enjoyed that and then you know like we probably have we're recording this before we've actually done the podcast we're probably discussing the podcast the fact that it feels kind of like they were like Rhea versus Raquel 
big women do things. And it was like, but Mercedes also still here. And, it, you know, when they sort of transitioned to Raquel and Rhea at the end of TakeOver, I was like, oh, okay, I don't know. And then it was like, and now Mercedes is back in the picture again. So they're just going to do a triple threat with those three. That'd be quite cool. Um, yeah, I. the only thing I haven't actually watched yet, and I haven't had time to, is is the championship match. Oh, I, haven't, really? I haven't watched Karen Cross win the belt yet. Uh, yeah, I watched oh. all the rest of Takeover the other day, and I've just been too busy since then to get back on it. It is, it's a letdown, which is not to say the match is bad. It's just not the kind of hoss fight that I think we've pretty much become accustomed to with Keith Lee because of the whole Dominic Dijakovic kind of relationship. I think we were expecting a little bit more pyro, whereas it's a uh, you know you know. It's it's ser- it's ser- it's certainly serviceable, um, and I you know obviously with the shoulder being separated during the match, uh, it's possible that an audible was called and that we did not get to see uh, the match that we they were building to. It certainly felt like the legs were cut out from under it. Um, the serve you know I think when you watch it you'll see that the finish comes a little bit out of nowhere, uh, but it, you know it is still it is still good. I think I enjoyed the North American ladder match of everything that has happened on like the silent non-canon Elseworlds takeovers, <laughs> I enjoyed um, the North American ladder match uh, probably the most out of all of them. Just I, I love the beautiful chaos, but yeah, I, I can understand that this felt a little bit, a little bit less flavorful, a little less substantial. Although I, I do notice Laurie that you did dance around um, the Pat McAfee, Adam Cole match, not, <laughs> not quite wanting to own up to your, uh, your mistakes, it was it was fine it was like yeah sure it was it was it was better than it was better than expected there were some really good spots in there and there were a couple of bits where i was like wow that's really impressive and they hung together with a match that was fairly lacking in pace but sure yeah he can do a backflip that's cool like that is that is that you know that did pop me that popped me him doing the uh flip sent on to the outside was great like his trash talk is good. He's definitely got like amazing potential. I just don't know whether debuting on a takeover against Adam Cole is the greatest thing of all time. I, I mean, I like the finish. I liked, I love the finish, uh, by the way, when Adam Cole was like going to go for the last shot and was like, nah, you don't deserve the last shot. And then did the Panama sunrise <laughs> to finish it. That's brilliant. That's great storytelling. But um, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a reasonably good match. I think if he was a proper, if he was a wrestler, you'd be like, "That's a reasonably fine match." But because he's Pat McAfee, you have to go, "Yeah, that's brilliant." It was a very good debut for someone who's not a wrestler. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I I eat my hat a little bit on that one because yeah, I did say it was a bad feud to begin with, but they did turn it around in the last two weeks with a brilliant promo and a pretty good match. It's one of the best celebrity matches that WWE has done for a very very long time. Oh, it's up there in the top ten, I think. Yeah. Like up there with Mayweather and and. Uh, Stephen Amell, like yeah, the guy. I think that's the thing is like I think you saw the work in the match. Uh, I, I agree. Yeah, it's, it's not like you would not expect that from a takeover. No. That is, you know, if if that was another wrestler, that would be a probably a weekly match with a you know an extra little high spot thrown in for good measure. But yeah, for the flavor of the feud, for the fact that everyone, you know, including us, was expecting it to be dog ass, the fact that it turned out to be good provided a weird little extra kind of revelatory, mm. like kind of level of enjoyment. 
I, 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 I thought it was fun. I was just giggling the, the whole way through watching McAfee just like strutting like a chicken, being like, "Yeah, wrestling's easy." <laughs> I thought that was really. Funny. I think it's it's interesting that they didn't pit, they didn't choose to do it on weekly TV. Like considering they're desperate for ratings over AEW, and there's all these rumors of you know trying to like how are we going to pop the ratings here we're we going to bring people down are we going to use celebrities blah, blah 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 it's weird to not just put the big match on nxt tv because i think one you wouldn't have had so many questions from people being like is this really worthy of being on a takeover um, and i think that's kind of i think takeover standards have been so high that just going yeah pat mcafee did a he did a perfectly fine match of adam cole on takeover um it wasn't a takeover match but I'm just maybe I'm just used to see it. Maybe I'm just used to seeing takeover matches on takeovers. But to be fair, that on that on TV, I think would have probably popped the ratings a lot more, and would have would have been a better use of that match. Um, I would argue that it, we haven't seen a takeover match since Portland. Mm. I would argue that a vital component of the takeover match is um, the crowd. And I think in terms of create, uh, in terms of at least creating some fun memories in these fanless takeover times, uh, I think Pat McAfee and Cole did that. Like genuinely, like yeah, they none of these have really felt like takeovers. Like in your house, no. did it in the main event maybe. Um, you know, and there were bits of it with like Balor and Thatcher. Uh, there were bits with the North American ladder match, but like. It's not. It's not a takeover without the fans. It, mm. it just doesn't feel the same. So I, I think fair play to NXT for at least putting together a good show. Um, but put yeah. NXT in the Thunderdome for God's sake. <laughs> then it'll feel like a takeover. Maybe hundreds of gormless faces trying to emote when they're told to by someone off screen. Yeah, Pikachu's the, there. Pikachu's there. Yeah. We get Grimlock yeah. going. Good show. Well done, good show. Hello, Grimlock. Good to see you, old friend. <laughs> old friend. Uh, okay, cool. Well, that is us done for the podcast. Um, what have we got coming up this week, you might ask? We have the uh, magazine show tomorrow. Um, we have SmackDown on Saturday, and we have Payback on Monday. And Payback's going to be important because this is uh, Wrestle Luke. RIP, uh, sadly attempting to get his job back at Power. I don't know how he intends to get his job back, but um, yeah, we'll see how things go. Um, so you might want to tune in for that one and tune in for the review to see what we make of that show that came one week after SummerSlam, which was a pretty decent show. But yeah, what is what is pay-per-views? What is build is the question. <laughs> what is uh, life? What is wrestling well, life? What is wrestling? Thank you for listening. Goodbye. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com 
Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.